0: The show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I am your host, Tatiana Berende, and today I am really excited to have with me Jonathan Robinson. We're going to be discussing how to have better communication in relationships. Jonathan Robinson is a psychotherapist, a best-selling author of 12 books, and he's been a frequent guest on Oprah and CNN. In addition, his work has been featured in USA Today and Newsweek magazine. He recently wrote a book called More Love, Less Conflict, and he's here with us today to talk about how to have more love, less conflict, and better communication in our relationships. So welcome to the show, Jonathan Robinson.
1: Thank you, Tatiana. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yeah. So uh, we like to start our guests off with, uh, with the question, what are your superpowers?
1: Well, I have two. Uh, I don't always reveal both of them, but I'll do that for your audience. Mm. Um, <laughs> one is I like learning from experts, and mm. that's a great way to get new skills very, very quickly. I've interviewed everybody from Oprah to the Dalai Lama and found out what their particular skills are, and that helped me to develop mine. And then the other superpowers learning how to communicate in a way that creates more love and less conflict once you have that superpower everything in your life tends to go better
0: yeah i couldn't agree with you more you and i have a lot in common i, mean, I do have this show and i like to interview experts too so um, so I, I and i love this topic of communication i have found it to be you know in my own personal life one of the most transformative uh, topics and places where I have grown and advanced myself and continue to to gain new skills um, and i for for our listeners out there, you know sometimes I think when when we go on this on this journey of of deepening our communication and learning how to do it better, we can forget sort of what the what the beginning steps are to to healthy communication but I would love to hear from you in, in, your, in your depth of expertise what you have found some of the biggest obstacles to healthy communication to be.
1: Well, the biggest obstacle is people think that they're already good at it. and if you think that you're already good at it, then you won't learn anything new. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really the biggest obstacle. Uh, also, some books and methods about communication I think are really over. I tried to come up with methods that uh, literally take under 20 seconds to do and you can use even when stressed. So making it so simple that you basically can't blow it and having uh, it all, all the best methods in one book, I thought would be really a good way to get this information out there because I think of good communication as like a, A technology, you know, Mm -hmm. like an iPhone. is a great technology because it's very easy to use, and um, we need to make good communication and getting back to a place of love just as easy, especially Mm -hmm. in this stressful age we live in.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, can you give us an example of what some of these like twenty-second tools are?
1: Yeah, well, I have fifty of them in the More Love, Less Conflict book, and. Throughout our interview, I'll sprinkle maybe, you know, five or six and even try out a couple with you. Great. Um, But uh, let me give an example of how simple it can be. Uh, My wife and I, uh, 20 years ago when we got married, we used to argue a lot. And now we haven't had an argument in five years because we have a method that only requires saying two words. And the words are red light. And red light is an an indication to both of us, whether she says it or I say it, that we have to take two minutes to be quiet and just calm down. And, you know, arguments happen because people develop a momentum of upset and then they say hurtful things and then they have to recover from that. That's all kind of a drag. But if we're getting upset one of us will say red light. We'll just take some deep breaths for two minutes. And by the time two minutes is over, we're back into our rational mind versus our lizard brain and we can work it out. So some of the methods are really that simple, uh, for having less conflict. And there's also a lot of methods that can immediately double the amount of love in a relationship. If you know exactly how to aim for that. And, uh, you and I will try out some of those methods as well.
0: Awesome. Um, and now, I mean, we're talking about, you know, the this this idea of more love, less conflict. One would think that that someone in an intimate relationship would be, you know, we're talking about marriage, like this is where you would try out those skills, but I mean wouldn't you think or would you say that these skills are just as easily transferable to not intimate partnerships because I mean there's a lot of conversations happening especially in our political climate today that are that are pretty you know we're we're in a we're in an atmosphere of conflict.
1: Yeah. Well, you're right that the same methods really work in all relationships whether it be parent-child, co-worker, friend, whatever, because human beings are the same. We all want uh, the same things. We all want understanding. We all want care. We all want empathy. So uh, the methods really are applicable to all uh, people, but I marketed it kind of towards couples just because they're the ones that feel the pain of not being able to communicate uh, really well. Um, so so that's where the focus was
0: absolutely um and and with a with a tip like the the one that you just gave us of the red light i mean that that is a tool that you would have to sort of come into agreement with your partner on saying like okay we're this is we're going to agree that this is what we say when it's getting too heated and we take a break we i mean you can't necessarily do that if you're in a conversation with someone who you just met for example right
1: yeah that's true but you know um there are there are certain methods that certainly don't need that agreement, and in fact, in my opinion, in dancing, it does take two people to tango, mm-hmm. but it does not take two good communicators to get to a good place of of connection. It really only takes one. Like if I ask you a good question, um, you're likely to answer that question. You don't have to be a great communicator. The question that I asked. Elicits a good quality response. Like if I ask you, uh, "What helps you to feel really loved and cared for?" You're not mm-hmm. going to say "bug off." You know, you're going to say right. you'll probably be able to answer that, and then I have useful information about how to treat you in a way that you'll uh, you'll feel good about.
0: Well, and even asking somebody that question, I think elicits a. You know, I would I would feel more comfortable with you if you actually cared enough to ask what what makes me feel loved and cared for.
1: Yeah, yeah, and a lot of the um, methods in the book involve questions, uh, and a lot don't. But I have something on my website called the Twelve Questions of Instant Intimacy, and these are questions you can ask anyone that will elicit a sense of intimacy with them. Um, if you look at the word intimacy, the instructions are actually in the word, into me see. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you reveal stuff about yourself, you can uh, get back to that place of love and, and people can download those questions for free.
0: Beautiful. And since we do have to go to a quick break, why don't you tell everyone what that website is, where they can go to find those questions and more about your book?
1: Sure. Uh, the website is the same title as the book, morelovelessconflict.com. And there's a thing uh, to uh, download those 12 questions from the website, and they can do that for free.
0: Awesome. Well, we've been talking with Jonathan Robinson about how to have better communication in relationships. Stay tuned, since when we get back, he's going to give us a, a few more tips, hopefully. So, uh, So you won't want to miss it. Stay tuned. your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the superpower net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Okay. And we're back. So, um, you mentioned that there were, you some, some other tips techniques that one could use maybe with someone who you aren't in an intimate partnership with say you're having a conversation about something that gets heated what's a what's an example that you could give us for someone who's who's maybe just finding themselves in a challenging conversation or maybe it's not with a partner maybe it's with their parent or their in-laws what's what's something that they could
1: use well here's a really simple method and people don't Get how powerful it is. I'll describe it, but until you use it, you don't see like wow. That's almost like like what you call a superpower, and um, it's simply completing this sentence. Something I've noticed about you that I appreciate is mm. so even if you're having a disagreement, there's always something that you could, if you looked hard enough, appreciate about a person. Now we've known each other um, about ten minutes, right? <laughs> And uh, I already can am aware of several things I appreciate about you. For one thing, you're uh, a good interviewer in that you're really asking questions from curiosity. Uh, you don't interrupt. You're not uh, trying to steer this in any way other than uh, it being real and useful to your audience. And not a lot of interviewers don't do that. So... Mm-hmm. I really sense it and like it when I meet somebody who has that uh sincerity and curiosity. Now that's a sincere compliment, Thank but you. a lot of times people don't say those things, they're thinking them. Yeah. And when you do say them, it helps to cement the bond. And if you're having trouble with somebody and you say something you appreciate about them, it just stops the trouble in its tracks because people are are hungry and even starving for validation of any kind. So that's something you can do.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I love that. And thank you. Thank you for the compliment. It made me me feel warm and fuzzy inside. And I, and I think it's true. Appreciation is something that we don't actively outwardly do enough in our, in our culture and in our world. And, And what a different place it would be if we were. To do yeah, it's so
1: simple. You know, I I sometimes forget to do it with my wife, so I don't tell my wife this, uh, Tatiana. But <laughs> I, I I um actually have Siri on my iPhone remind me to tell her one sincere appreciation every day.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's so I'm I'm it's so real for me right now. I'm staying at my mother's house, and you know as an adult going back to your parents' home can you know, bring up all sorts of fun stuff. And, yeah. and that was one thing that I was realizing we got into a little, of course it's like the perfect timing. Cause I'm going to hear, I'm going to have a conversation about how to have more love and less conflict. And my mom and I got into a little something right before. And, and, and that was one of the things that I actually came to was like, wow, I, there's a lot of appreciation withholds that I have with my mom, a lot of ways mm. that I could really appreciate her more um, that I'm not doing. it's so easy to point out the things that are going wrong and the things that you wish could go better. Um, and yet it's, it's just as easy. It's just not habitual for us to point out the things that we love and appreciate about one another. It makes a huge difference
1: yeah and when you do that, it makes dealing with the difficult or inevitable conflicts much easier mm-hmm. plus there's also ways of dealing with conflict that allow you to get through it in like three minutes versus three hours or three weeks
0: so give so. us a scenario like what in your in your world what's a what's a three minute way of of dealing with conflict
1: well let's come up with a conflict let's say um, uh a conflict is a Your mother, much more than you, and you're always dealing with who does the dishes and who takes out the garbage and things like that. Mm -hmm. And normally, when there's a conflict, what people do is they blame each other, and blame never works. You know, never in my marriage have I told my wife all the things she's doing wrong and all the ways that she's blowing it, where she came back and said, yeah, I see <laughs> what you're talking about. Wow, <laughs> thank you for showing me the errors in my ways. You know, zero for a thousand on that one.
0: <laughs> right, so, because we get put on the defense immediately if, if someone's yeah, pointing out what we're doing wrong.
1: Absolutely. And, and so blame never actually works to change people's behavior. You know, the blame, complain, uh, shame model of changing people's behavior does not work Mm-hmm. But most people don't know of other methods that do work, so um, in the case of my uh wife and i i 'm kind of not i 'm not fastidious i 'm a little bit more like a slob she 's very uh uh focused on cleanliness mm-hmm. so rather than dealing with that issue for five hours for forty years, we solved it in three minutes. I asked her. What are a couple specific ideas you have that you think could work out for both of us? And she came up with an idea based on that question. I, there was a little bit of negotiation. And then we said, okay, this is what we'll do. So it was really just a simple question and problem-solving technique that involved a three-minute negotiation. And now we hold to, to what we agreed to and we don't have to deal with that problem again. A lot of couples, they never actually solve any problems, so they're always dealing with the same problems.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. and It's it's so simple, just like the appreciation thing, and yet so powerful.
1: Yeah, I'm a simple guy, and uh, <laughs> if something doesn't work immediately every time, I tend not to put it in the book. So, So this was... You know, I would always ask whether I was interviewing the Dalai Lama or Oprah or, or, you know, Deepak Chopra or whoever, I would say, what's your favorite method for getting back to a place of love quickly and easily? And a lot of these experts knew really good stuff that really does work. And so that's how I came upon a lot of these methods.
0: What was your favorite answer?
1: Well, I I like what the Dalai Lama says, just because he's so um, so effusive and and you you feel wonderful just being in his presence. Mm-hmm. But he said uh, little acts of kindness are the best ways to create both inner peace and world peace. And he's you know an act of kindness might be an appreciation. It might be uh, he held the door open for me. Well, you know. The the Dalai Lama holding the door open for me is a little bit unexpected. Uh, He gave me a little gift. It probably cost 10 cents, but, you know, I got a gift from the Dalai Lama now, you know? So Mm -hmm. little things like this make a huge difference in relationships. And I always am giving people little things uh, that uh, I think that they'll enjoy. And it's not that I'm... Saintly or that kind, I just find that certain things work, and what goes around tends to come around,
0: yeah, absolutely that you just reminded me or i'm I'm curious to hear your your take on the five love languages that that gifting thing just made me think of it
1: yeah, well, the more you know what your partner wants, the more you can give it to them, mm-hmm. and the more they'll give you what you want just an interesting story about that. Uh, many years ago, I had a girlfriend who used to tell me that she loved me a lot. And um, one day I'm massaging her and she says, would you cut that out? And I go, what? You're always grabbing me. You're always touching me. And I said, well, that's the way I show, I show you that I care. And she said, well, I don't, I don't feel very cared for. Like you never tell me that you love me, mm-hmm. which was true. And we had a talk about this, and I realized I associated the words I love you with something negative because when I was growing up, when I uh, did something wrong, my stepfather would punish me by hitting me with a belt. But before he would do it, he would say, I'm doing this because I love you.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So the words I love you meant I'm about to beat the crap out of you. Wow. And so I didn't want to say that to her. Right. Meanwhile, sh- um, she associated massage with being raped because mm. one day her uncle, who used to give her little massages, raped her. Mm. So we both thought we were doing something loving, but we were doing the exact opposite, according to our partner. So it's really important to ask somebody, like, what helps you to feel really loved? That mm. question. Or or in sex, what are three things that you really love in bed and what are three things that you don't care for? These are really key things that people never communicate. And I like to say that the best for is communication.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and yet I have also found... That, uh, that oftentimes, you know, with things like, what do you like, you know, in bed or, or how, what makes you feel loved and appreciated, a lot of people don't even know the answer to that question authentically for themselves.
1: Yeah, well, that, that is true. That's a good point. So in the More Love, Less Conflict book, I actually help people. I give them a script to uh, say to their partner so that their partner can answer that. For example, like, when was the time that you felt really cared for by me? You know, can you think Mm -hmm. of a time? Well, generally people can. Well, what was I doing that helped you to know I really cared for you? You Was it something I said or was it something I or look on my face? So you kind of guide people to help them know what it is that makes them feel really loved. Cause you're right. Not everybody knows that.
0: Yeah. And you know, I've got to say for, for our listeners, if, if someone sort of heard him say, Oh, he has a script and, and did like a, Oh, I don't want to like, that feels so forced. I had that when I, f- my husband and I, we were like on the verge of divorce after our daughter was born. And we went to see a couple's therapist and she was using Imago technique. And there's, it's a really scripted format. And I had so much resistance to it at first. I was like, this is the dumbest thing. I don't want to have to have a a damn script to communicate with my husband. Like, why do we have to do this? This is so stupid. And yet the it was so powerful and it's actually a script that we still fall back on sometimes mm. today. And I use not only with him, but like I, when I had my little conflict with my mom, I used it with her, even though she didn't know the other part of the script
1: yeah.
0: um, or elements of it, you know? And so I just want to affirm if there's any listeners out there who are having resistance, to the idea of a script, they're actually really, really powerful. And I know they can feel forced and kind of weird, but I would say definitely check it out because because if it's not second nature to us, you know, you can always yeah. use a little bit of help.
1: Yeah. And, you know, really a script is just a guideline. Right. If you if you are really curious, you would ask these things. Like, you know, I want, I want you to feel loved. What helps? I don't know. Well, when did you feel loved? Oh, when we were on that vacation. What, what about that made you feel love? You know, so it's not it's not like a a weird thing. It's really you trying to understand your partner, and yet most people don't know or practice that skill. So sometimes it's helped to to um, describe it in in script form so people can see what it looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, one thing that's coming up, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on. Um, I know it's I've definitely done it because I can be super stubborn and I've just I've had this experience in in communication and in in conflicts before where there's like it's so hard to give up wanting to be right like
1: totally
0: to win the argument you know wanting to be the one that's Who's right? What do you? What would you say in that kind of a situation where you know you're right? You're having an argument with somebody. You know you're right, and you don't want to give up your position.
1: Well, you're totally right about that. By the way, uh, <laughs> I love feeling right. You know, self righteousness is a powerful feeling, and and it's addictive. Um, mm-hmm. The only problem is that it's in the way of actually having a loving relationship. So. I talk about that a lot in the More Love, Less Conflict book because I am a self-righteous addict, and I (laughs) realized that if I went with this addiction too much, uh, I I couldn't actually be with my wife. So (laughs) I came up up with several methods that are so simple and powerful that they will even get a self-righteous addict like me to not uh, go with it. I'll give an example or two. Great. Um, one would be completing this sentence. Uh, I can see a small way that I contributed to this upset is by how I blanked. Hmm. Because part of self righteousness is, is you being completely 100% right and the other person being 100% wrong. Right. So if you can admit that there's something you did that contributed to the upset, even if it's small, that that like puts a a needle in a balloon and the whole balloon blows up and disappears.
0: Yeah. I like the small in there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. You yeah. have
0: to claim full
1: responsibility yeah. for this. Situation. Now, this you is- were 99% responsible, right. but I, I take responsibility for the 1% right. that I may have contributed in this situation. Right. Yeah. That's one way. Another way is I have a little mantra or phrase that I say to myself. And that is, would I rather spend several hours arguing and being upset? Or would I rather uh, give my wife a little bit of empathy now, which will take 20 seconds, and we can get back to a place of love?
0: Yeah. I think that's a really great question.
1: And when I ask myself that question, uh, I now a lot of times I'm not sincerely giving empathy. I'm just mouthing the words. But you know what? It still works mm-hmm. because people are starving for empathy, and if you give them some, they won't ask. Well, how pure is it? You know, if you're starving to death and you offer somebody uh, a piece of bread, they don't say well, what kind of butter is on it? Do you have salted butter or non-salted? No, they're starving to death. They'll take anything. Mm -hmm. So um, I find that those two methods can definitely help me to get off my self-righteous trip and back to a place of love as quickly as possible.
0: Now, how important would you say that Just being a good listener is to healthy communication. Because sometimes I've found, you know, if my husband and I get into it, sometimes he just really just needs to talk and have me hear him and not say anything.
1: Well, it's not that he needs you to not say anything, he's needing you to understand him. Right. And needing, even more importantly, uh, a sense that you get him. I call that empathy. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're interrupting him, That's not working. Mm -hmm. Uh, So really, if you can, by saying a couple of very brief phrases, show people that you understand them, even if you don't agree with them, that will totally change the energy. It might be as simple as saying, well, it sounds like you're really angry and frustrated, Mm -hmm. and you really don't know what to do about that. That must be really difficult. That didn't take long. But that can totally change somebody from being very difficult to being much softer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that tends to be... That's my new approach.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Everything else didn't work, so what the hell? (laughs) Exactly.
0: To just do a little bit of mirroring and holding space, even if I feel frustrated with the way he's sharing or whatever, is going on in the moment, you know, we have our own, we all have our dynamics that we can play out, but I've, that's been sort of what I've been coming to in my own process as well. It's just like, I'm just going to mirror what I'm seeing back and sort of put my, I won't say put my needs aside, but it's like in this moment, in this conversation, like I'm going, I'm going to make it about him for the next five minutes. Yeah.
1: I think of it, um, in, in more selfish terms,
0: hmm. uh,
1: because if you do this well, it really only takes 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and more importantly, from my vantage point in that moment where I'm, I'm pretty stressed and upset, if I can give them empathy well for 30 seconds, then I can get to my real goal, which is for them to understand and listen to me.
0: <laughs> oh my God, I love it.
1: And, and that's how I think of it. Like if I can really put my needs aside for 30 seconds and give them what they need, then we can get to the real important stuff here, which is for them to understand and listen to me. <laughs> and it actually does work, even though my motives aren't pure. And both of us leave feeling more understood. You know, understanding is really so much of the key because I never have couples come into my office and say, Jonathan, we really understand each other quite well. Mm-hmm. That's why we want a divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, but what I see is couples who don't understand each other at all, and therefore uh, they have continuous problems
0: so what would you say is like the key to understanding somebody
1: curiosity
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, curiosity and first realizing that you don't understand them and that you need to ask questions uh to really get their thinking even if they're even if you don't agree with their thinking at least it should make sense to you why they have this distorted view,
0: right, yeah,
1: and if you have that understanding, they will feel understood, and once people feel understood, uh, they relax and become much more pleasant to deal with.
0: You're right, they're not on the defense, and they yeah. show you they show you sides of themselves that you might not have seen otherwise. Exactly. Yeah, I've definitely had that experience. I've, I've I've been making it sort of a study in my life to get curious about people who think differently than I do. Because I want to understand this mess that we're in right now, collectively. Yeah.
1: And once they do feel understood, they're much more receptive to trying to listen to and understand your point of view. hmm Yeah.
0: Yes. And can you say that again? Because I think that's like so hugely important for people to hear right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And often my whole motivation is just trying to get understood. And the quickest way to get them to really understand me is to feel understood by me. And then they can relax defending their point of view and talking about their point of view and telling me how wrong my point of view is because they feel gotten now that they feel gotten they i can then say well why do you think i feel the way i do i don't know would you like to hear sure they'll say sure because they've just been understood by me then i can explain it and they are now open now you now you're actually communicating versus doing what we often do which is just blaming and not listening to each other that's not real communication that's just throwing tomatoes at each other, which, you know, is fun to do for, you know, a period of time. And then it gets old and then it gets depressing.
0: Well, and and I love what you said earlier when you used the dance metaphor and how it does take two to tango, but it really just takes a strong leader, um, someone who's skilled to sort of guide the conversation, because what in the example that you just gave, I mean, you've already modeled to the person how to come to understanding and how to be curious. So, exactly. yeah, I, I just, I, I love that. It's so beautiful. Um, I want to thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be here with us. This has been such a really super valuable conversation and I really, really hope that people go out and get your book more love, less conflict so that they can, so they can get more of this juice. This has been really awesome.
1: My pleasure. You're a great interviewer. And, and uh, you know, I, I, feel very passionate about this stuff because there's not many things where like an hour of study can totally change your life not just in your relationships but in your work and and can help your kids and help the people you care about learn this skill because you know love's the most powerful force in the universe yeah but a lot of times we're blocked from it just because we don't know how to communicate in a way that leads to that understanding and connection
0: absolutely i couldn't agree more well, thank you so much. And um, is there anything else you want to leave our listeners with before we sign off? Uh,
1: invest in yourself and, and learn this stuff, whether my book or other people's books on communication, so that you can develop these superpowers that wherever you go with your family, friends, coworkers, you can create this, this sense of community, belonging, and love around you. And when you do that, you know, life is stressful. It doesn't always go the way you want. But when you can consistently do that, it really creates quite a, a beautiful feeling uh, in your own life and in the lives of the people you care about.
0: Mm, absolutely. So you can go to morelovelessconflict.com and find out more about Jonathan's work and about the book. Um, thank you again for, for being with us today. And my,
1: my pleasure, Tatiana. And they can download those free 12 questions on Instant Intimacy at the website as well.
0: Great. Awesome. Awesome. And for our listeners, thank you so much for for being here. This show wouldn't exist without you. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many blessings.